listening to Ranking Tracks, part of CKCC Radio. And now your host, Jeff Trollowitz. And welcome to episode two of Ranking Tracks. I am your host. My name is Jeff Trellowitz. Thank you for tuning in. As the intro said, we are proudly part of the CKCC Radio. What are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're talking about one of the greatest albums from the 1980s. I'm talking the Beastie Boys' A License to Ill. Now, this album was such a part of my childhood. I remember going to uh, camp when I was a kid, and we had to do a talent show. And if I remember correctly, we uh, we performed a lip-synced version of uh, Paul Revere, which... For a bunch of nine-year-olds, probably wasn't a good idea. Then again, we probably didn't know exactly what the song was about. But yeah, we, uh, the three guys, me and two other dudes, did uh, lip-synced Paul Revere. It's times like this, I'm glad that there was no uh, video cameras and cell phones. And none of that existed back then, because that would probably be some embarrassing footage to watch now. This album was released on November 15th, 1986, as part of Def Jam and Columbia Records. It reached number one on the Billboard Top 200. It was also number two as far as R&B and rap album as well. So it crossed genres. It wasn't just considered a hit in the rap, but in all of music at the time. This particular album has 13 tracks, so we're going to go ahead and get started. And the 13th best song on this album is the fourth track called Posse in Effect. Now, for me, it's for me it's a kind of forgettable song. I mean, it's it's funny and the one thing about BC Boys is their lyrical content some of the ways that they get from one line to the other is great uh this song is very noticeable as far as uh the name dropping i mean anytime you can bring up abe vigoda in a rap song you get clever points so my least favorite song on the album is the fourth track posse in effect coming up next is the second song off the album is called the new style and it perfectly describes their style of rap it's it's the new style it's completely different than anything that especially was coming out at the time for me best lyric in this song is i got it i get it i know it's good that's that lyric has always stuck out with me as far as the rest of this song goes so number 12 is the new style next up is the second to last song on the album it's the 12th track it's called slow and low what makes this song stand out it's one of two songs on the album that had a co-writer that was not part of the beastie boys but they were another seminal rap group of the 80s or at least two of the three writers I'm talking about members of Run DMC as well as producer Rick Rubin. They were responsible for Slow and Low. What other song were they responsible for? Well, we'll get into that just a little bit later. So coming in at 
number three is Slow and Low. My tenth most favorite song off the album is Time to Get Ill. Now this one is a complete melting pot of songs. Because if you take a look, it samples or quotes 13 different other songs. Anything ranging from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts to CCR to Barry White to somehow squeezing in Mr. Ed's theme song as well as the Green Acres theme song as well. So yeah, it's just a weird mix of songs, but it's a fun one. I mean, again, this entire album, there's nothing but fun tracks. There's nothing sad on this album. So if you're looking for what happens when you throw a bunch of songs into the blender, hit puree, you get time to get ill. The ninth song on this album for me is Slow Ride, which takes its name from a Foghat song, the most famous Foghat song, of course. Shout out to my buddy Jason, whose dad was the lead singer of Foghat. And instead of actually sampling Slow Ride, as the song is named after, they instead sample Low Rider by the group War. I mean, it's a I guess it makes sense, but it really doesn't, and that's alright. Again, just another fun song on the album. It's Slow Ride, but don't take it easy. The seventh best song off License to Ill is Hold It Now, Hit It, which is the tenth song off the album, and this song, again, just like before, it's kind of a mixture of songs where they it, it almost seemed like they didn't know what style they wanted to go with this one and so they just kind of threw it against the wall and saw what stuck so many different beats to this song it can be weird at times it's spoken word it's rap it's it's just kind of there hold it now hit it Another thing I really like about this album is how short each song is. With as many tracks as it has, 13 tracks, only four of them rank above four minutes long. And the next song on it, on my countdown, which leads off the album, is one of those songs. That's the second longest. That four minutes and eight seconds, it's a rhyming and stealing. Uh... Nothing really to say about this one. Good fun track that drops Alibaba and the 40 Thieves references. So, uh, with the Beastie Boys, like I said before, you really never know what they're going to sing about per each song. They will pull out references that will make you scratch your head. So, yeah, we're talking rhyming and stealing. And now we get to the real meat and potatoes of this album. The last five songs on it, to me, are what set this record apart. Again, I don't have a problem with any of the other songs on the album, but to me, there's a big drop-off between songs 1 and 5 and 6 through 13, just because of how memorable these songs are. 
So we're going to get started talking about the fifth best album, or fifth best song off the album, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Now, for me, I always wind up thinking about a wrestling reference because it was basically a uh, ripped-off version of the theme song for the group uh, Full-Blooded Italians and was basically a rip-off of this song. So I kind of wind up thinking that, but again, whenever I think of the, whenever I hear the words "no sleep," I wind up singing part of this song. That's how memorable this entire album is. It's hard not to, in your everyday life, pull a reference from the album into your everyday life. So the fifth best song on the album is "No Sleep Till Brooklyn." The fourth one is "Brass Monkey." Again, I absolutely positively love this song. I could pretty much, I'm not going to say I could rap it, because, you know, I can't rap. And it depends on who you talk to. I can't sing either, but it doesn't stop me anyway. But Brass Monkey is, the for me, the second most fun song off the album behind What Song Comes Next. And it's just about hanging out with your friends and drinking. So, especially in these times of social distancing, who doesn't want that? Earlier I talked about the track length, and the shortest song on the album is my second favorite. It is, of course, Girls. Again, it's just, there's there's no way to not sing this song if you hear even just part of the lyrics in real life. And so, I I know I'm guilty of it. I would be very surprised if anyone that is familiar with this album doesn't do it as well. So, in at number two is the track, Girls. In doing some research for this podcast, I found out something interesting. That this song, Girls, has never been performed live in any of the Beastie Boys concerts. In fact, it wasn't even released as a single here in the U.S., which I also found very surprising. But yeah, never never done in concert. Are you as surprised by that as I am? And for me, the number one song off the License to Ill album, it's not even close. Fight for your right to party. Now, again, I was nine years old when this song came out, and still one of the most memorable music videos of all time, ending with a food fight. I just absolutely love the beginning of the video where the parents leave and they tell the kid, you know, don't throw a party, but they throw one anyway and the buddies are like, I hope no bad people come. And then, of course, they invite the Beastie Boys who help trash the place. So, again, it's one of the most fun songs on the album. Um... A song that I could do from start to finish, which, again, I have no rapping skills whatsoever as established throughout the course of this podcast, but this is a song I could easily do at karaoke, and if I still did karaoke, I probably would do it at some point. Again, I like to do a little research as I talk about each album and each song, and so I just realized, or found out, that, uh, they did a 30-minute like retrospect of this song to mark the anniversary of it. 
So if you get a chance to look up uh, Fight for Your Right Revisited, you will see it is one of the most star-studded shorts of all time. This is just a small sample of people who appear, even if just for a moment. I'm talking about Seth Rogen, Elijah Wood, Danny McBride, John C. Riley, Will Ferrell, Jack Black, Stanley Tucci, Steve Buscemi, as if Alicia Silverstone, Laura Dern, Ted Danson, Rain Wilson, Amy Poehler, Will Arnett, Adam Scott, David Cross, Orlando Bloom. I mean, just the amount of people in this. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here so that I can watch this. Uh, again, I hope you've liked this podcast. You might not agree with my rankings, and I'm curious what your uh, your ranking of this album is. Check us out in two weeks when we return, because our next topic is going to be Billy Joel's An Innocent Man. And uh, there's a good chance I won't be alone on this podcast. may have my first special guest. So uh, until then, have a good one, everybody. You gotta fight for your right. Well, I'm, I'm terrible. I really should never stop, start singing. Goodbye, everybody.